the Red 78. The most important thing was the intensity and the mentality to go after the game. As a coach, why did he only give away nine penalties this week? Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. This is News Talk. All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursdays Off The Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. We've got a really busy show ahead. Ron O'Gara is going to be with us at half past seven. Uh, reflecting on the interprovincial derbies and of course looking ahead to the November internationals as well and checking in on how La Rochelle are getting on. Uh, John Giles on the football show. Obviously a lot of worry amongst Leeds United supporters right now. No wins in eight inside the relegation zone. Uh, we'll get the thoughts of John on that after nine o'clock. Karen Duggan as well on what is going to be a grand finale uh, for the Women's National League on Saturday evening. Three teams in contention to win it. Two of them playing each other. Could well end up as a playoff uh, depending on how the results go so that coming up and also we'll hear the remarkable story of Zach Moradi who I'm sure uh, many people are well aware of a former Leitrim hurler uh, who's been on the show many times uh, talking about his journey from being born in a refugee camp in Iraq uh, spending first 10 years of his life there his parents spent 20 years of his life there and uh, talking about the struggles of the Kurds and also that his move to Leitrim and becoming a hurler and all of that so his new book Life Begins in Leitrim which is the first time Maybe anyone has ever said that, John Malloy. Nathan Murphy, hello. How are you? Is Rog on the show? Well, listen, are we going to... Oh, Mick said don't do it. Oh, he's going to get proper angry. He's going to get proper angry about this. Ron O'Gara has blue-ticked Mick. He has blue-ticked him. Oh, he's, he's looking proper oh, angry he's right now. He's studio. He's... Oh, um, he apparently also sometimes blue-ticks our morning producer, but he also, he always shows up. I think that, like, is that fine if you always show up? No. It's not ideal. I'm not a great. I'm not a great person for replying on the old WhatsApp. I'll read it. Yeah. Particularly if people te- WhatsApp me during the show. Don't expect a response ever. Yeah. I look at it. Go. All right. I'll get back to that sometime and move on with my life. Well, I have the setting whereby I can't tell and they can't tell if we read each other's messages. Ah. Oh. So Rog just I, needs to do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll advise him of that when he comes on at half seven. Then nobody will get upset with you. Yeah. The, the blue ticking then doesn't happen. Mick no gets very upset about these things. What are you saying? The be person, fine. He also has a live radio show to try and plan out. Be fine. Raj will always turn up. You don't get the, to the level he got in his career. This is one of your all-time... This is See, it's personal for Mick. This guy is his hero. Like, monster legend. Some of, his, some of the greatest moments in Mick McCarthy's life are because of this guy's boot. And now he's blue ticking him. And he just can't cope. I don't know about you. He always writes back to me. Always. Can't, can't shut him up. I want to get out of my life here, Raj. Raj, you not got a busy job. It's half time in the game. Go talk to your team. Yeah. So, uh, there Raj is coming up at half past seven. Is he? Fingers yeah, crossed. Okay. Fingers crossed. Um, Richie McCormick is with us as well. Richie'd never blue tick you, would he? I would never do such a thing. Never. Almost too keen, as it were, to get back to you. Yeah, but you don't like that either. Yeah. I know, but nobody likes me either, so that's well, you know, nice. trying to make up for balance. There's a balance. There's a balance. Yeah. There's a balance there. Uh, 53106 is the text number at Off the Ball. John Malloy in studios is a rare treat. Exciting times, yeah. Just desperate to get out of the house. Genuinely, that was part of it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you want to talk about it? Like, it's, no, no. it's quite a public forum, i got to be honest. This no, is the no, sort of thing that it, you're, you're, you're such a big star that this would probably make, you know, page three of the mirror or something like that. I mean, that would you know, be... If there were, but oh, he opens up on marital difficulties. Can't spend a Thursday Jesus evening. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to rein yourself back in there? No, no, no. Mm. Nothing, 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 not to work. Just the weather's uh, crap and you haven't left the house all day and you're like, I just need to get out of here. Precisely. It right. was one of those days, Nathan, where, you know, I'd say, I, 
I won't have the morning shower. I'll go for a run at some stage today. And the hours just kept going by. And at about five o'clock, I said, right, let's just shower and get out of the house and do something. I've got no options. I've literally no options. I'll go and see Nathan at seven. Well, Here thanks. <laughs> the <laughs> nation appreciates. Well, I would have been on either way, obviously, but I just thought... You Did know, you go for the run? No, 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 I didn't. The, you, know, you know those days where the, the... I'll go soon. I'll go soon. It's getting a bit late now. I'll go soon. I'll leave it. Deep down, I think I knew early on it wasn't going to happen. But. I've gone back swimming. I haven't been swimming since... Remember we were about to do the swim for a mile and thankfully COVID kicked in and we didn't have to finish the training because it was getting bloody tough. Yeah. If there was one positive side. Uh, bloody hell, it's a s- slow progress. It's very boring swimming. I don't, well, you're, I, I'm just always trying not to drown, which keeps me sort of invigorated for the entire 500 metres. Yeah, you know, Gary O'Toole was in the papers recently and I uh, was uh, chatting to him about my swimming exploits. I could see a glazed look in his eyes after... Uh, Olympian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I like to do, Gary, is... And, uh, what was well, Gary's I, advice? Maybe I should text Gary. Well, you may... Um, so I was making the point that I, I was saying to him, I am the slowest swimmer in the pool that I'm in. I mean, there are... Uh, Men, women, children of all ages uh, cruising by me. I'm, I'm just, my technique is incredibly inefficient. And a bit like you, I'm, I'm uh, uh, gasping by the end of most lengths. And, he's, and I say, it's, it's not, you know, I don't feel uh, too proud of myself doing this. He did make the very fair point, though, that your inefficient swimming means you're getting a really good workout as opposed okay. to somebody who's swimming very efficiently and they're barely out of breath. So you might as well, there is a, there is a bone, there, the there is a payoff to your terrible technique. Right, because I'm, I'm a very fast swimmer. Not Gary, o- Gary O'Toole. <laughs> not Gary O'Toole fast, like not, not quite at that level. Would but you have I, said that to Gary? I'm, I'm trying to slow myself down. I think that's part of the problem. I'm going too fast. I just need to actually relax into it a bit. Well, I did, I did Google why am I so crap at swimming or something, words to that effect. And, uh, well, one of the reasons you get tired is if you kick your legs a lot. I, I kick my legs a lot, yeah. Yeah, well, they're the biggest muscles in your body and therefore they use it the most oxygen so that right, will tire you out so maybe, maybe I never thought of that maybe put one of those float I, I thought actually I should be devices. using my legs more because the strength is there well for speed maybe but endurance right. no so you'll be out of breath that's probably if you're kicking fast then you're going to be out of breath you know those flotation little devices they have boys around the pool people put them mm. between their thighs sometimes you should try one of them and okay. you'll be uh, cruising up and down I'd, I'd hardly recommend to anyone who's uh, thinking of taking up something to get professional lessons it was the best thing we ever did when we were doing the swim for a mile. Because I, like, it was a pool in Ballyhonas. So we used to go swimming all the time, every summer. AKA the lake, was it? No, no, an actual swimming pool. It was outdoor, Richie. Would you believe this? It was outdoor and it was cold. Cold water. Like most things in Ballyhonas. Whatever. Uh, it was outdoor and it was cold. I don't, like, it's, it's, it's not even an insult. <laughs> People in Ballyhonas don't care for your insults, <laughs> he, Richie. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't mean that as a like, joke. It was bloody freezing. Like, there was no warm water at all. The Wooden Castle Ree had somehow managed to have a outdoor, slightly warm water pool. Yeah. Like the greatest luxury you could ever afford. Could they not have stuck a roof on the pool? No, no they still, I think the pool's still open and there's still no roof on it and it's still, but you can imagine like June, you go in and break the ice, the first person in for the summer and the water, nobody would have been in the water at all. So, you know, nobody would have even peed in it. So it'd be proper freezing. Yeah. Proper freezing. Okay. But I never, you know, I just got swimming lessons and could swim. Whereas yeah. when we were doing the swim for the mile, we had um, all sorts <laughs> of Olympians and like you're, I talk about efficiency right suddenly you're taking half as many strokes to get down the length of the pool when you're properly yeah properly at it yeah I'm saying but I've forgotten too much of that now kids lessons all so someone needs to send me a swim for a mile a mile it turns out it's an awful long way I'm thinking maybe I'm setting my expectations a bit too high yeah what's that 1600 metres which is yes I'm, I'm going to say 80 lengths of a 20 metre pool that's yeah. an awful lot the one I swim in is a 50 metre Oh, go to Abbottstown. It never ends. No, it's at... Um, what, we've got more than 150 metre pool yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, I never knew we had Westwood in Clontarf. 
Wow. Yeah, it's 50 metre. God, I'll tell you what, Richie. Free advertisement right there. They've done very well for themselves right there. So that never ends. And if you're that not is a, tough. If you're not an efficient swimmer, it just never ends. Wow, so if we're both on about doing 10 lengths, yours is slightly better. Be 500 metres, I suppose. All right. I don't know what the um, point of this entire conversation was. But How did we get onto it? I'm struggling to remember. Oh, you're running and... Uh, Sorry, the reason I'm here. What you were doing, the reason yeah. you're here. To uh, I, do find, I do find swimming incredibly boring, whereas running, sticking headphones, there's something to keep you going. And there's a visual aspect. I don't know about you, but I, I take running over swimming most days, even though... No, I much prefer the swimming. Yeah. Less achy. Yeah, I, I, I grant you that Is totally. That? But whilst, whilst I'm doing it, I can lose myself in a run. Swimming every length is being counted repeatedly. I just can't seem to get flow. Anyway, at that stage, Gary O'Toole said to me, can we just uh, stop talking about this? This is the worst conversation I've ever been involved in. Uh, the news round is brought to you with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. You can sign up or donate now at movember.com. Uh, 53106, Ronan you can text that number as well. Let us know if you're going to be on at half seven. I'm excited Any about it. Any sign from Ronan yet, Mick? No, <coughs> he's not even listening. I would have thought he'd listen in news around every evening. Here's a quick France. way to do a JNLR out of interest. If you know Ron Nogara, text him right now and say you're going on off the ball half seven. Let's see how many texts wow. he gets. Wow. Makes getting very upset. Rona may not find this funny and they just come on at half seven and say, I'm done with you, lads. There is a word. More worrying still if he gets three texts. <laughs> the lads. <laughs> the lads have been giving out about you for the last 20 minutes. No, but I mean, three would be a poor return. You want to get would be. 20, no? That's true. That's true. Uh, the All-Stars. So the way they do this, uh, they put out the football All-Stars on Thursday morning and then the Hurling All-Stars are announced live tomorrow night. Revealed to everybody. Where's it on? The convention centre? Uh, so Tom O'Sullivan's been rightly screwed over here, hasn't he? Would you want to let Richie give the team? Well, I'll tell you who's not <laughs> in the team. Tom O'Sullivan, who was in contention to be Footballer of the Year, unquestionably on the shortlist and doesn't even get an All-Star because he had to go up against Shane Walsh putting in one of the all-time great All-Ireland final performances. Mm-hmm. Outrageous. Who picked this team? Do we have a representative? No. We used to have Dave McIntyre. McIntyre might still be there. Yeah. Let's get on to McIntyre as well and get him to explain himself. I want to know. He'll take you as well for sure. Uh, go on, Richie. Give us the team. Yeah, All-Ireland champions Kerry understandably lead the way with seven players in this year's football All-Stars. The Clifford brothers, David and Paddy, are joined in the forwards by teammate Sean O'Shea. Shane Ryan is chosen in goal with Jason Foley, Tyke Morley and Gavin White in the backs. Beaten finalists Galway received five nods through Liam Silk, John Daly, Killian McDade, Damien Comer and the aforementioned Shane Walsh. Ulster winners Derry are represented by Chrissy McCaig and Connor Glass, while Kieran Kilkenny even is Dublin's lone representative. It's a real start of a new era team. Mm. Like so Shane Ryan goal It's his first award Chrissy McCabe Who by the way Is the oldest ever First time recipient At 33 So well done to him First award Jason Foley First award Liam Silk First award Tyke Morley John Daly Gavin White In the half back line First awards all round Midfielders Connor Glass Killian McDaid First awards You have to get to Paddy Clifford In the half forward line Before you even have Somebody who's won Their second award So I think We've got a bit of The next decade Mapped out there Possibly, or the Dubs come back and win the All-Ireland and eight of them have already won All-Stars. There is that, because we were, trying to, we were trying to see when's the last time there have been so many first-time award winners, and it was that rather curious season, not surprisingly, in 2010, when Cork and Down met in the All-Ireland final. Kildare got to a semi-final. Uh, the other thing that stands out, of course, is that David Clifford, age 23, has just won his fourth award. Now, Spillane has nine, Pat Spillane has nine. So let's say at, 20, at 23, Clifford's going to play for another... We say 12 years, mm-hmm. except that. How many All-Stars will he win in 12 years? Injury he's got allowing. four. He's definitely going to win another. Let's say nine. Nine to 12? Seven, I'm going to say. Okay, Get so to 11. 11 All-Stars. 11 All-Stars is like the, the, the 
over underline. And I, you wouldn't be surprised possibly. if he, like it is still, and I assume he's going to get the Footballer of the Year award tomorrow night because it's uh, two Galway players up with him and like Clifford was so. Yeah. His genius is such that he had an unbelievable All-Ireland final and it's just sort of taken for granted. Like, there's never been a build-up about a player like David Clifford that was so understated ahead of the All-Ireland final that he'd never won an All-Ireland yet nobody's going, oh, has to prove it on a big occasion. No. Oh, you know, it's going to be a different challenge for him. It's just assumed that he would turn up and he did. Correctly, as it turned out, yeah. No, there was no box to be ticked. No, can he do it on the big occasion? And, uh, well, Shane Walsh, I guess, you know, the it's a strange thing. So Clifford's going to be uh, an icon, I suppose, of the game, ultimately. For Shane Walsh, you'd love to chat to him and, and get, like, a really honest, how are you feeling about it? Because if that game goes the other way, you get Footballer of the Year, you're a legend forever. You know, it's it's like such a... One of the it's one of the it's maybe top five greatest All Ireland performances mm. of all time because they win. Um, whereas over time now it will unfortunately be forgotten as good as it was. And there's a long winter to think about that, isn't there? There is that awkwardness when I say Thomas Sullivan has to be in there. And you go, well, who are you taking out? I didn't want to ask. Who are you taking out? <laughs> I, I don't know. You turn around to Christian Kay, are you? No way. No, no chance. I I like all these guys. So these are the decisions that the uh, the journalists have to make. Mm-hmm. Is is the journalists still pick the team right? It's not a case that they put together the nominations and then the players pick the team. Do the players pick the the player of the year is voted by the players? I think I don't know. I think journalists still have a say. Yeah, no, they definitely they definitely um pick the team and then the players pick the footballer of the year. It's just not something I would pay much heed to if I'm being honest. Couldn't tell you. I like I don't bring me to an all star quiz of all stars past. Just not a clue. As to who won them? Not a clue. There's never really been an outrage since, was it Brian Whelan who got Hurler of the Year but didn't get an All-Star? Am I right in saying that? Mick, this is your, this is definitely, if it was a quiz, your, your forte. No, he's, somebody text him. He's got bigger fish to fry right now. <laughs> Sweating. <laughs> never would have happened under JP, he'd respond. Great JP, love you guy. Be ringing to come Probably on. be on the Ray Foley show tomorrow instead. Can I come on tomorrow, JP, please? Yeah, whatever you want. Um... Yeah, so the hurling is announced then tomorrow night. Uh, there's plenty of live football on this evening, Richie. What's that first line you have for this evening? Having wrapped up the league title at the weekend, oh, Shamrock Rovers are tonight seeking a first win of their Conference League group campaign. Stephen Bradley's side are playing host to Ghent tonight. The Rovers team is in 3-5-2 as expected. Alan Manis in goal, a back three of Sean Hoare, Roberto Lopez and Daniel Cleary. Sean Cavanagh, Dylan Watts, Chris McCann, Richie Tell and Andy Lyons are across the middle. And then up top, it's Rory Gaffney and Neil Farouja. Kickoff there is at eight. At the same time, Group F's top two meet in Norway with Malda up against your Gordons. West Ham are looking to extend their 100% record in Group B with a visit of Silkeborg in at to the London Stadium. Even. And Hearts entertain RFS needing a win to keep alive hopes of a knockout place. There was a 5.45 start in Europa League Group A in Eindhoven where Arsenal are 2-0 down to PSV. Elsewhere in that group, it's Zurich 1, Bodo Glimt 1. Manchester United are already assured of a Europa League knockout place ahead of their meeting with Sheriff. The United team is in. David De Gea starts in goal. It's a back four of Diogo Dalot, uh, Victor Lindelof, Lissandra Martinez and Terrell Malassia. Christian Eriksen and Casemiro anchor the midfield. Anthony and Bruno Fernandes are then in that trio along with the 18-year-old debutante Alejandro Garnacho. And up it's Cristiano Ronaldo. The 8pm start at Old Trafford. In the other game, Ammonia Nicosia hosts leaders Real Sociedad. 
Alright, so we keep an eye on all them. Uh, Shamrock Rovers pretty much at full strength. Uh, no Jack Byrne. He's obviously injured. He went off uh, early against Pats. So this is an opportunity. I mentioned yeah. Stephen Bradley. Well, you played your interview on the football there's, show. There's no pressure. So you were maybe now they can finally go and yeah. express themselves. Did you accept his argument back? Because you did ask him about the fact that he hadn't always played the best team available in Europe and he was pretty defensive in the point and he said look I take the one where it was the night we were talking about it mm. actually they had a big game on Sunday I take you know I, that's on me but then they did score a last minute goal in that game on a Sunday so he probably feels fully vindicated well they're 2-1 down against Shells with 12 minutes left and they end up winning 3-2 and you see how close the title race could have been mm. so he will feel fully vindicated I still think an awful lot of the Rovers fans feel they could have done more yeah. like it was it was such a crucial stage of the competition like I think tonight if they were out and the game against Derry everything was riding on it Rovers fans would accept mm-hmm. listen Sunday is a priority we're already out of the Conference League but at the time Rovers still had an opportunity get a win get some points maybe give yourself a chance heading into the final couple of games but listen, I'm sure he didn't want to be in that position either yeah. like you know you fought a lot to get to the Conference League you want to be able to pick pick your best team uh, I don't know have you seen much of Ghent Richie throughout this campaign as to what the expectation levels should be like tonight uh, only really seen the the return fixture over in Belgium uh, a few weeks ago so I can't necessarily say but they're like they're the team that Rovers should have been vying for potentially breaking through and getting like this is a group that the Rovers could have finished second in like realistically they could have taken points off your Gordons they could have taken points off Molden at least one of those games if they had been at full strength and had been at full tilt and similarly the games against Ghent like really feel that this is a, a group the Rovers should have targeted and could have targeted second place in it wouldn't have been out of the question I think of all the teams that in the Airtricity Premier Division they're probably best equipped to deal with battle on two fronts even if the league title got a little bit tighter than they possibly anticipated earlier in the season um, this is, I think it's a group they left behind them because they will come across tougher groups than this in qualifying for group stages in the years to come. This is probably what the handiest they could have hoped for. The All-Stars are a bit of a farce. It is for the best team, not the best individual players. If Dublin beat Kerry by a point, they'd have seven All-Stars and Kerry'd have one, says Conor Limerick. True. There's Very a man of the match disagree. aspect to that. You know? Absolutely. The final will also always take precedence. Uh, Ty Murley out. Tom O'Sullivan in. Move Silk to wing back. Lads, get buoyancy shorts for swimming. No more sinky legs. 500 metres to a kilometre overnight. 40 lengths, 1k. 60 is a mile of a 25 metre pool, says Mick, the Clotterhead Lobsters. Is buoyancy shorts not cheating? Do they inflate you somewhere? What's the story with that? I've, I've never heard of buoyancy shorts. Have you heard of buoyancy shorts? Surely that's cheating. You're basically floating your way to a mile. Yeah. Are you against cheating? You're not, not as if you're competing in the You're not competing thing. against anybody. But yeah, but, it, but exactly. So what's the point in me cheating? Well, it's to make but, it easier on yourself. So you won't be gasping. But, but then they, they get, like, the aim of it is to get fit. So my logic would be, I can be gasping after X number of lengths, or I can wear the buoyancy shorts and have to spend twice as long okay. swimming. But if you really like swimming, then this would allow you to swim for longer. All right. Well, A uh, busy man like you doesn't have time for buoyancy uh, shorts. Somebody text in and let me know more about these buoyancy shorts. It could be a game changer. Uh, Brian Wheelahan, right? So 1994, mm-hmm. Brian Wheelahan uh, won two Hurler of the Year awards. One from his fellow players in an initiative organised by the Sunday Press and the other from the well-established Texaco scheme at yeah. that stage. This is from an article from Sean Moore back in 2014, obviously 20 years on. He didn't, however, get an all-star. So it seems at the time they were very strict on the positioning okay. and that Wheelahan somehow got lost uh, in the legalities of how the selectors were forced to vote and there was almost a protest about it and there were some spoiled votes uh, 
problem arose because one of the candidates for Whelan's position at right wing back was Limerick's Dave Clark, uh, who was a consensus choice as one of the best halfbacks that year. A plan was hatched to nominate both of them for each of the wing back positions. That was proceeding to plan when the GEA president, Jack Boothman, present as an observer, expressed surprise that none of the other wing backs were receiving any consideration. And that's when the issues began. And it seems because there were some spoiled votes, Brian Whelan ended up missing out. Spoiled votes. Spoiled votes. Well, he got team of the millennium, so... He did, and he got Hurler of the Year twice. One selector resigned on the spot, and a meeting was called straight after Christmas to seek full accountability for what had happened. Bank of Ireland withdrew from the All-Stars, not because of controversy, though, but to concentrate on their sponsorship at a football championship, they say. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we'll have any controversy. That'd be... That'd be like Gerald Hegarty missing out on an All-Star tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. All right. You don't seem as interested in this as I am. No, I'm... uh it's fine. I'm You're still thinking about the buoyancy shorts. Yeah. What else you got for us, Richie? Uh, Republic of Ireland captain Katie McCabe has to content herself with a place on the Arsenal bench for their Women's Champions League game with Zurich. The Group C contest is underway at eight. The IRFU performance director, David Nusafora, has confirmed that eight women turned down the union's offer of professional contracts. In August, the IRFU announced that women's 15s players will be centrally contracted for the first time. Earlier this week, it was reported that some had shied away from putting pen to paper. Noosa 4 says four of those women were based in England with another four still based here. We, we could have just not offered the contracts to the ones that we thought wouldn't take it up, but we've given people a, a choice, an option. So when you really look at the cold uh, facts of that sit behind it, um, it's no surprise to us that those earning you know significant amounts or have careers um, have a choice not to train full-time in a professional scenario but what they do have is they've got a model there that will cater for them to keep playing the game at, at the highest level they'll be able to play for their clubs either in England or in Ireland and they'll be able to train um, in a program that will support them that suits their lifestyle at that point in time and that was always our intention to come up with a model that works like that this changes the conversation yeah. from last night where you know, eight players, I would have said, is actually lower than I would have thought on average, considering a lot of these players are you know, maybe set in certain parts of the country or for family reasons, couldn't take up a contract or just want to go a different way with their life and want to stay part-time. Yeah. So eight feels quite reasonable. I think we have to be fair to the IRFU here. It is a much brighter picture than initially it looked like. So they're hoping to get to a total number of contracted players across sevens and fifteens, uh, 43 players with contracts. Uh, 15 to 30k has been offered plus benefits so yes 8 players have declined but 29 have said yes so it's it's a pretty good uptake you would have to say and of the 8 who've turned it down 4 are based in the UK and they're at clubs in the UK generally it seems to be earning between 3 and 10,000 per year at those clubs so that's 4 of the 8 and the other 4 are here and as David Nusavar referenced there they may have very good jobs, earning multiples of what's available to them. And so they're at an age and a point in their careers where they're saying, well, it's not worth it for me to do it. But it's important, as he said, that they're still catered for, that they're, it's not just a case of, well, you can't ever play for Ireland. And uh, I saw John McKee has been hired as well to work as mm. part of Greg Williams' coaching ticket. The numbers are small, obviously, 15 to 30K. Professional rugby in the women's game is at the absolute nascent stages. And so, um, you know, it's not a shock that the numbers aren't good, but they have to make it as, as palatable for the players um, as possible to begin with to keep the momentum going like I was at the RDS for the Wales game the opening uh, game of the Six Nations this year and there was a great crowd there it was a beautiful sunny day standalone fixture and it was a real glimpse of 
where the game could get to very, very quickly. And it's important that they've at least offered these professional contracts because Ireland were falling behind Wales all of a sudden who had gone professional. So this was a must. Look, it's, it's bad money, in, uh, you know, by most standards um, of, of professional sport, but it's at least 29 have said, well, OK, all in, I don't know what the, the benefits are. As a starting point, it's palatable, and that's, that's a positive. It would have been a disaster if they were offering sums and 29 were saying no and 8 were saying yes. Uh, just briefly, Richie, one story. The Taoiseach has been talking today about uh, the comments from the UK Foreign Secretary on gay fans who were going to the World Cup in Qatar. Yeah, the Taoiseach says there can't be any inhibition for LGBTQ people attending next month's World Cup. Michal Martin's comments follow those by the UK Foreign Secretary James Cleverly, who said gay fans should be, quote, respectful of the host nation. The Taoiseach said today, quote, there can't be any inhibition for people in respect of sexual orientation or for any reason to travel to Qatar to attend the World Cup. There cannot be and must not be or must be made clear to authorities that that will not be tolerated. Yeah, alongside the football, we'll obviously be covering all of this over the coming months. I think it's dawning on everybody now that Qatar are not going to be softening their stance on anything just because they're hosting the World Cup yeah it's such a grim backdrop isn't it and uh, as you said I think that reality is starting to dawn the complexity of this situation whereby Qatar not going to take the month off being Qatar you know and yet there's this expectation from the world that but you know you guys will be cool Mm. about this right and uh, you know it I was uh, mentioning to Dion the other evening that um, that Panty Bliss uh, speech at the Abbey eight, nine years ago now where Roy O'Neill, Panty Bliss, talked about like being at traffic lights and a bunch of lads go by and they shed something homophobic and you kind of go, how do, they, how do they know I was gay? And you're, you're checking yourself. And, you know, you hear Cleverly's comments yesterday and there's like a degree of, if you're gay and you're going to Qatar... You should check yourself. Check yourself. And it's, you know... It's just a shocking thing that what should be this great celebration of football every four years, this wonderful event has uh, been subjected for the second time to one of the, the great heists in the long, glorious history of sporting corruption. It's, it's, it's grim and it's hard to get excited about so many aspects of this. Got to leave it there. Richie, thank you as always. Nice and nice. Enjoy your swims. Thank you. Uh, buoyancy shorts. Nathan, I'll be uh, seeing you at a pool soon in our buoyancy shorts. Cannot wait. Okay. I presume they're attractive. Yeah. With us wearing them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>